This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. I'm sure most of us have sang that song all of our life. There is one particular time that we sang that song in the back of a Datsun pickup. It's me and Amy and my father and about 20 Hispanics in the back of this pickup. Standing up, there's guardrails. There were four or five baptisms that day. And we sang that song in Spanish. And I just remember crying. And uh, what a song. What I love about God's Word and God's music is that it's sung by Christians throughout the whole world. There are people, people across the seas worshiping God this morning just as we are. And praise God for that. Amen. This morning, as you can tell, we're going to be talking about anger. And I'm always reminded when I think about anger, about a story that I once heard. It was about a wife, and she had a very difficult husband. He had habits that would just create a great amount of frustration and anger in his wife. And she just lived with this, but she was able always to kind of repress that anger and conceal it. One of her close friends that, that knew about this situation and knew about uh, the habits of this husband and the frustration that it always caused his wife, she asked her, what is your secret to concealing your anger? She's like, well, when I get angry, my husband, I go and clean toilets, and that seems to help. She's like, well, how does cleaning toilets help you with your anger. She's like, well, it's simple. I use this toothbrush. <laughs> this morning, the title of our study is, study is Why Am I Angry? And this, this iceberg is going to make a little bit more sense a little bit further into our study. But to kind of begin our thoughts this morning, we want to open God's Word to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 26 and 27. Very familiar verse to us all. It says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. There's a lot we could say about this verse. But what we want to focus on is the very last part of this verse. What the Apostle Paul, he was wanting the church at Ephesus to understand a very important issue. And that was that Satan uses anger 
as an open door, as a gateway into our heart, into our bodies. And when we get angry and when we sin, what we are actually doing is we are giving Satan a home within our heart. We're giving him a piece of real estate. We're saying, Satan, you come right on in. You park your trailer right here, and you can stay there, and I'll stay right over here. That's what we're doing. Paul wanted the church of Ephesus to know that Satan uses anger. Not anything else, but anger to access our heart and our mind. See, what Satan wants us to do is downplay anger. Oh, everybody loses their temper from time to time. That's what Satan wants us to believe. But the truth of the matter is, and I want us to understand this, anger is a gateway for Satan to make his permanent abode in our hearts and minds. Why? It's because anger is so destructive, which we'll get into just a little bit. So the question that we all have to ask ourselves this morning is have we given Satan a piece of our heart? Is he living inside of us through anger? In other words, am I angry? Am I angry? You know, anger can live within us and present itself in many different forms. You know, like this woman that we introduced the topic this, this morning, she was able to conceal her anger. But did she really? No. She was a very angry person. But no one else knew it. You know, anger can come out in sarcasm. Have you ever met a person that's just sarcastic in almost every statement that they make? If we are sarcastic, then more likely we are dealing with a great amount of anger inside of us. You know, this list is, is uh, we could talk about isolation, for instance. Have, uh, you know, there's people that will say no to almost every uh, social event. It may be holidays with the family. It may be church fellowship. But they are that person that says, no, I'm just going to go and be home by myself. They live in isolation. Why is that? We look, about the, we look at the prodigal son. Remember how he came home? The father threw a huge party for him. Where was the older brother? He would not go to that party. He lived in isolation because of his anger. So isolation is a key that maybe we're dealing with anger. The blaming game. A lot of us that, that deal with anger inside of us, you know, when something happens that's wrong, it's everybody else's fault except our own. It's the government's fault. It's our, it's our employer's fault. It's our spouse's fault. It's our children's fault. It's our friend's fault. Anybody else's fault. We don't take responsibility for our actions. A lot of times, uh, we just walk around as that irritable person that's annoyed by everything. Maybe we're at Walmart. We're annoyed by the cashier. Maybe we're at a restaurant, we're sitting down, we're annoyed by the waitress or the, or the waiter. We just walk around and we're driving through traffic and we're just irritated. Maybe we're dealing with some anger inside of us. 
We can go on and on and on. Anger presents itself in many ways. It's a lot more than just a person that slams the door, a person that yells, a person that kicks the doors, punches walls, loses their temper. Anger can present itself in many different ways. Through impatience, violence, annoyance, irritation, unforgiveness, resent, resenting others. I love this quote from Benjamin Franklin. He says, whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. Why did Paul warn Ephesus that Satan can enter your heart through anger? It's because why did Satan come to this earth? He came to steal and destroy. Anger destroys our life. That's why Paul warns us. Anger destroys our life. It can destroy our relationships. Every divorce, you name one divorce where, there, where anger was not involved. The, the scriptures are full of examples about the contentious woman. There's a lot of mothers that just explode with anger continuously to their children. Fathers are provoking their children to wrath. That word provoke means to show forth anger. So anger produces anger. So anger is destroying relationships. Churches are dividing because of anger. We have problems in our workplaces because of anger. It causes emotional distress. Where there's anger, there will always be three different things, typically. You're going to find depression. You're going to find anxiety. And you're going to find negativity. All those things, they like to play well together. So if we have those things, there's a good chance that, that anger is a part of our lives. There's physical complications that also come with anger. You know, we can be angry as fast as three seconds. Three seconds. You know how long it takes to, for anger to kind of calm down and dissolve itself? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So if you can imagine that a person that gets angry several times of the day, they're going to feel extremely exhausted, fatigued, and that exhaustion is going to cause their immune system to weaken, cause them to be sick often. It's going to cause high blood pressure, heart disease, uh, expected you know, heart rate, strokes, I mean, it causes stomach problems, and on and on and we can go. It causes life troubles. Think about lawsuits. Why are there lawsuits? It's because of anger. Why do people lose their jobs? It's because of anger, typically. We talked about church divisions. Anger can cause a lot of life troubles. Alcoholism, drug abuse, typically are due to anger. So we can see why Satan uses anger to access our heart. That's all he needs. Then he can cause all the destruction and havoc he needs to do. So what's the answer to all this? 
We understand that we're supposed to not be angry. Be angry, sin not. We get that, don't we? We've probably seen that maybe we have a little problem with anger in one way or the other. So what are we to do about that? Do we just go and flip on a switch and turn off anger? Is it just that simple? I think we all have tried that, haven't we? We have all probably decided, I'm not going to be angry anymore. And what happens? We become angry. It doesn't work flipping the switch. Thankfully, God has given us a way. He has told us exactly what we are supposed to do. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. The key is to ask ourselves, why am I angry? The key to, this, to removing and destroying anger in our lives is to ask ourselves the question, why am I angry? Let's return to Genesis chapter 4 and read verses 3 through 7. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and, it desire, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. This is one of the first sins that we have record of outside of the Garden of Eden. So we all know the story. Cain and Abel were to bring an offering, a sacrifice to the Lord. Abel did exactly what God commanded. But you see, Cain had a kind of a rebellious spirit. He had his own way of doing things. And so he brought uh, an offering that he thought was reasonable to the table. So God accepts Abel's, and he rejects Cain's. And this made Cain very angry. He was very angry. So God asked him the question, Why are you angry? God knows how many hairs that are on our head. God knew exactly why Cain was angry. So why does he ask him this question? is because he wanted him to look inside of himself to figure out the why. Because if he could figure out the why, then he could fix his problem and be accepted. But as we know, Cain did not do that, did he? He chose to ignore God's words of wisdom. And we know that he committed murder. The first murder of mankind. Sin was knocking at his door. 
They chose to open it instead of following God's commandments. But thankfully, you and I, we had this illustration for us to understand how we can overcome anger. And it comes by asking the question, why? You know, when we're driving down the road and we have like a check engine light come on, it's telling us that there's something that's below, beneath the surface that's a problem. Maybe it's our engine needs oil. Maybe we have a, a tire that's low in air pressure. But you see, that warning signal is a lot like anger. It's telling us of something that's, that's a problem, you know, underneath the hood. And that's kind of like how anger is. I, you know, I, we had the uh, iceberg. So anger is what we can see, right? It's above the surface. But you see, what's below the surface is what's triggering that anger. It can be disappointment. It could be hurt. It could be that we're anxious. It may be guilt. You know, with, with Cain, it was that he had shame in his heart. It means it, what caused his anger was his jealousy for his brother. It could be many things. And this is what God is trying to help us with. He said, pop that hood and fix the real problem when we see that check engine light come on. He was telling, he's telling Cain, open up your heart. Unpack that bag of anger and look down beneath the surface. You know, when our ch child spills milk, you know, it's like we may lash out at them with anger. Are we really mad that they spilled milk? No. No, of course not. There's a deeper issue in there. It may that be that we've had a, had a hard day at work and our boss yelled at us all day. It may be that we cleaned up messes all day long and here's one more. It wasn't that there was spilled milk. There was a deeper issue. And that's what God's trying to help us with. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to kind of pop the hood a little bit and look down deep inside to look at a few ways that we can, that can cause us to be anger, a few roots, if you will, of anger that can live within us as maybe just a way to practice what God has, is teaching us, and that is to try to understand the root cause of anger. The first one I would like to look at is mentioned in Proverbs 22. A reason why we may be angry is because of angry influences. Solomon says, make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and he set a snare for your soul. We learn several different, uh, or many different principles here. First he says, make no friend with an angry person. Do not do it. He said, go as far as don't even walk beside one. Don't even hang out with one. Because if you do, you will set a snare for your soul. And we learned that there in Ephesians chapter 4, didn't we? That anger will lead us to many, many destructive habits. That's what Satan wants. You know, the news can be part of that. We can bring evil influences into our home. People that watch the news a lot, they say 
increases people's anger. Uh, it's usually our influences. And this is really tough. This is a really easy thing to fix, but yet it's tough when those people are very close to us. You know, I, I started a, a job and I lived, worked there for seven years. And it was a very negative, angry atmosphere where there's a lot of complaining. And I was a light when I first entered into that, that workplace. But after the years, after several years, I began to sink and not be that light anymore. I was becoming like my surroundings. A lot of you know that I started a new place of business. And that was the reason. It wasn't because of money. It was because I needed to be around positive people. I needed to be around happy people. And so I had to change my atmosphere. It was that important to me because I was drowning. And there was a lot of uh, repercussions for that. Sometimes our spouse is angry. We have to live with them. And that's tough. We've got to learn to help them. But if our children are angry, there's probably a pretty good chance that's because we're angry. But we need to look at our influences. If they're angry people, we need to really do a heart check to see if we need to maybe separate ourselves from those people. Has anyone ever jumped out at you? And scared you? And all of a sudden, boy, you're rearing back ready to punch? <laughs> That's pretty natural. Fear is a good thing. It can be a bad thing, too. When we're on top of a roof, fear is a very positive thing because it's going to keep us from falling, isn't it? You see, anger can be a good thing, too. God is oftentimes angry. He's angry at sin. We need to be angry at sin. We need to be extremely mad at it. We need to, com we need to command war against sin and against Satan. I hope, I hope sin and uh, Satan make us very angry and cause us to be vigilant and sober, putting on our armor each and every day, ready to go to combat. Because if we're not angry, then we're going to get attacked. You see, like fear, there can be negative, it can be positive. Anger, a lot of times it can be positive and it can be negative. And of course, we're talking about the negative this morning, but fear can produce anger. Let's look at the Apostle, the Apostle Peter. Remember when Jesus was in Gethsemane and soldiers captured him and took him to Herod and took him to Pilate? It says all the disciples fled in fear. Peter was one of those. He didn't flee in fear, but what he did is he kept a safe distance. He was just close enough to Jesus that people said, hey, you're with him. Hey, weren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And what did it cause him to do? He cursed. That was not Peter. He denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. That was not who Peter was. But you see how fear caused him just to be an angry person. You see, sometimes when we're in financial trouble, we fear not being able to pay our bills, we can become very angry. 
Maybe it's the fear of losing someone that's very close to us. Fear can cause anger in our life. Jealousy. Jealousy is another one that will release anger in our life. I think about Saul. Remember after David killed Goliath and Saul made him commander over the armies and David did everything that, to the best of his ability and he was able to accomplish great things for the kingdom. And people began to sing songs about David and about Saul. Saul killed his hundreds, but oh David, he killed his thousands. And jealousy overcame Saul. And it produced an anger. You see, Saul created a monster in David. David did nothing wrong. We're jealous about a person. They did nothing wrong. But you see, Saul spent the rest of his life hating David. He committed war against David. You see, that anger caused the ultimate destruction in his life. He lost his kingdom. He lost his life. He lost his son's life. He lost everything that was good in his life because of anger. And jealousy will do that to us. If a person's name that is brought up and it causes us anger inside of us, there's a probably a good chance that maybe we're jealous about that person. It's hard for us to applaud someone else's success. Maybe we're jealous. If ever we gossip, it's typically because we are jealous. Jealousy will destroy our lives. You ever had a played with a jack in a box? You know, the sings and you're just turning and nothing happens and all of a sudden, blah! It just jumps out at you. A lot of times in our life we are hurt deeply. We are scarred. It may have been a, an offense from a close friend or loved one. It may be a loss of someone that was dear to us. But we have this pain, and it just rests in our bosom. We never deal with it properly. I just experienced this. I had a friend that committed about three trespasses against me in a close proximity of time. And I, they were very dear to me. And oh, it hurt. And I didn't deal with it. And every time I drove by their house, every time I, someone mentioned their name, oh, I just was so angry inside, it was boiling. And that's because I did not properly deal with that hurt. You know, we always say, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. Great. But in all reality, we're hurt, we're broken. Feel worthless. We've got to deal with the past hurt and pain. Or when that spilt milk happens, we're going to lash out on someone that we love so deeply, so dear. Maybe our little child. And we can scar them forever because we didn't deal properly with past hurt. Expectations. Hmm. <laughs> There are certain expectations that are very good. We should expect to go to heaven. That is what hope is. <laughs> we should expect our spouse to be faithful and true to us. 
We should expect our children to obey us. But there are certain expectations that will ruin our relationships. When I went into marriage, I had high expectations for Amy. (laughs) They were unrealistic. And I had so much hurt and anger inside of me because she didn't meet and fulfill those expectations. I think probably a lot of us can probably made that same mistake. We have these children and we're thinking, oh, they're not going to make the same mistakes I made. Oh, they're going to be so much more educated than I ever was. And so we just create this unrealistic expectations. We want them to have the same wisdom that we do. The same goodness that we have learned. They fall short. We get angry, don't we? That's unfair. There are so many expectations that are just unspoken. We want people to read our minds. That's so unfair. You know, Naaman, think about Naaman. Remember how he wanted to be healed of his leprosy? He had expectations even with God and how He worked. He wanted this lightning to strike and stars to fall and even be just miraculously healed. But this prophet sends a servant to go tell him to go dip in the muddy river Jordan. He didn't like that too much. He had high expectations. We have high expectations, unrealistic expectations, unwarranted expectations that we place on others. And it is a big source of our anger. Anger is produced when trying to control the impossible. This is a big one for me. Are any of you control freaks? I am. Now there are things in our life that we cannot control. There are things that we can. You know, when we're stuck in traffic, we've got an appointment in 30 minutes, and we're going to be late, oh, we can get angry. But why? This is totally out of our control, isn't it? Think about COVID-19. Where did that come from? Totally out of our control, wasn't it? But it impacted our lives greatly. There are things that are out of our control, but what is in our control? We can control my words, my actions, my behavior, my effort, my decisions, my body language, my thoughts, my feelings, my reactions. What can we not control? Other people's words. We cannot control other people's actions, other people's attitudes, other people's feelings. Other people's mistakes. Other people's body language. Other people's reactions. Other people's behaviors. This is a truth that's very difficult for some of us to swallow. But when we do, oh, we can live free. That's freedom. It's understanding that we cannot control our spouse. We cannot control our children. We cannot control our co-workers, our classmates, our siblings. All we can control is us.
That's it. And when we can speak the serenity prayer, which I love, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. Us. And the wisdom to know the difference. Hmm. You guys have been such a kind audience this morning. I'm no expert in anger. But I'm an angry person, and so I have put this study together for myself. I didn't think I was angry until I started studying this, but I'm angry. I'm angry. I'd had to pop the hood and look at, and look at my heart. Look at it all behind the scenes, the root causes. I just want us to take this away as we leave here. Remember and understand that Satan uses anger to make a permanent abode in us. And if we allow him to do that, he, he will destroy. He will destroy our relationships, our emotions, our physical bodies, and our lives. He does it through anger. We need to remember that. And secondly, if that happens, and we want to remove Satan, we've got to get to the root of the issue. We've got to pop that hood and look at why. Why am I angry? We've got to fix that. And that's hard to do. That takes time. That takes time. A lot of reflection on our lives. But that's, what's, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to examine our hearts. He wants, we want Him to examine us and show us what's truly inside of our heart because we can be deceived sometimes. And when we do that, we will be on the right track with removing Satan and anger from our lives. I love each and every one of you. We have a song that's been selected. So if any of you would like the prayers of the church and strength to overcome anger, we love each other. You know, we live a close, all of us, we live close to one another. It's hard to hide much in this group. Like, if you've got flaws, they will soon be seen. You may think you're hiding them, but you're not. People see them, I promise you. People see my flaws, I think you don't, but you do. You know them. That's what I love about this congregation, because we see each other's flaws. But there's no judgment, because we're all trying to help each other. This is what this invitation is all about, to love on one another, encourage one another, to keep moving forward. So while we're here. So I love you. Let's stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.